You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. If you're a Grinch, congrats on surviving the holiday season. If you're not, I hope you enjoyed your holiday season. And if 2022 ends up being a disappointing repeat of 2021 for you, hey, at least the pop culture will be good, right? Like the music. In the musical world we're going to talk about today is Kwanya, the place where SM Entertainment artists' music video worlds collide. In a lot more revelations about what the SMCU entails, SM Entertainment Culture Universe, or Cinematic Universe, you guys asked for it, so I'm also making this episode an ESPA guide of sorts. The next artist-specific chapter of 17 Karat K-Pop goes to ESPA per popular demand. If you want to be one of those voices who gets to have that say in which artists I cover extensively, you can join the paid subscriber community at howtostand.substack.com to do that. That also gives you music recs every week, lots of chances to shape this show in what I talk about. This content is thanks to recommendations a lot of the time, honestly. So if you want to have a hand in the show, the easy part, and I do the work, that's where to do it, howtostand.substack.com. I do take into account free comment feedback too, but sorry, you won't get priority preference here. Anyway, so I'm combining a bigger guide to Kwanya. I'm roping that into my ESPA music video and discography overview. Without further ado, let's start by talking about who is ESPA. ESPA is the latest girl group as of recording time from SM Entertainment. The name is AESPA all lowercase, and the AE stands for Avatar Experience. So it's right in the name, ESPA is referring to this experience with avatars. Each ESPA member has their own avatar, this digital character version of themselves. And these are viewed as the I's, the AE's as it's spelled. So there's Karina, there's also AE Karina, the digital version. There's Winter, AE Winter, etc. These alter egos, the girls kind of have a love-hate relationship with that we'll explore more in a little bit, but it's not so cut and dry, they are your defenders. Sometimes they're kind of evil. Something happens, it's like a switch turned off in them. Let's break down the short film that came out called Black Mamba, sharing the origin story of the eyes. It starts out with an animated girl looking up at a portal, and the words on the screen say, where did we come from? Then we get a host of newscasters' reports, these voiceovers of breaking news alerts about these sinkholes that have been appearing and then disappearing abruptly. These sinkholes, aka portals, to the Avatar's world. This phenomenon is kind of throwing everyone off, but a few scholars have been on the case, in one of the breaking news reports, features an anchor talking about this new study that just came out from a university professor about this phenomenon and how the people in this world should prepare for it to become more and more frequent to see these portals, sinkholes pop up. 
because over time, it's thought that the digital and physical realms will become one and the same. We'll develop synchronicity after a period of merging more and more. And so they're basically saying the singularity is happening, where our virtual and automation-focused side of life is syncing up with our quote-unquote real world in irreversible, permanent ways. One of the newscasters comments about how people are actually posing for pics with their eyes on social media. They are actually getting to, they're finding out how to meet these virtual people and get to know them better, their virtual alter egos, and create relationships with them through the internet. And the numbers are exponential here. The synchronization, the teaming up with your avatars, the number of sinkhole incidents, it's all exponentially growing. The university professor here says, quote, I, made up of digital information, takes a form of ourselves. The existence of I transcends the real world and the digital world. How can we face the emergence of this new existence? Let's pause for a second because there's already a lot to unpack. First of all, I find it an interesting detail that when one of the newscasters comments on this coexistence with I, the image on the screen is of a Facebook thumbs up icon. And the like count next to that icon says 23k. I know it's a little more murky now how many NCT members are still there, 21 or 23. But at the time of this short film coming out, it was presumably still 23, officially. 23 NCT members, 23k likes there. I don't know, that just stood out to me. Could mean nothing, but I found that an interesting possible connection here. Also, during the news report where they're talking about how people are bonding online with these eyes, the images popping up on the screen, these example Instagram posts, include comments and are posted online that are so classic fangirl, fanboy behavior. Like, I love you, you're so pretty, gonna cry. A bunch of comments that just saying them out loud is weird because they're the kind of comments you leave on your fave celebs posts, assuming no one will ever see them. They're kind of just venting, thinking out loud. But keep in mind that kind of idolizing of the eyes happening here. And note that this professor is talking about, again, quote, the existence of I transcends the real and the digital world. So they're not just talking about transcends the real world to be something bigger with the digital world. No, this transcends that and then some that we don't even have the terminology for yet. That's where Kwanya comes in, but I'm getting ahead of myself. More from this teacher's lecture, which is taking place in a less than half full college lecture hall that Giselle is sitting in, taking notes on naturally a tablet and stylist instead of pen and paper. So the teacher says, quote, I. I is an alter ego with a personality built from all the data we upload every day. That is, I is oneself and it is not oneself at the same time. Some people may not be able to recognize their own I, and others try to actively interact with their I. At this point, Giselle turns around and sees her own I in this lecture hall, just sitting a few rows behind her. She ends up having this moment where she kind of daydreams that she's with her eye posing on this red carpet at Paris Fashion Week. And then zooming out, it looks like what's happening there is she's not really in Paris. It's a YouTube live stream. Then she snaps out of it. So that's what they mean with this goes beyond some sort of digital versus real world blending. This is several layers deep of conceptualizing what your reality is, what's real and what's 
a screen, a facade. Because this is a live stream within a daydream, within this digital world, merged with a physical world. Lots of levels of consciousness at work here. Later in this lecture, Giselle is asked to quote what is on the board, and it's a quote from Jean-Paul Sartre. I apologize if I mispronounce that. Existence precedes essence. The essence of who you are is not a thing until an existence is confirmed. So these digital selves we have, they can only be called digital selves, have a name and a form, because we have decided they exist. It's about how you perceive reality, what is real to you. More on that later, getting ahead of myself again. The next member seen with her eye in a scene is Winter. She's playing this sniper game of sorts, this shooting game. She's playing and winning. She's knocking all these guys out with her radar gun of sorts that shoots out this purple stuff. But then it appears one of the villain characters that she's in this combat fight with has trapped her and she can't escape. She's a goner, but at the last second, her AI enters and shoots him before he can shoot her. Then we find out, after seeing Mission Clear and Next Level phrases on the screen, that it was all a virtual reality video game. The Winter is playing alongside her eye, just in her bedroom. So again, levels of reality, fakeness, etc. here. Beyond articulation. It's not this dichotomy here of digital and real. Because this was action with her digital self in a video game in her real life. So the avatar is in both the game world and brought back into the real one. Next up are Ning Ning scenes. And she's in this art studio taking this art class of sorts with a magical stylus. So what she does is draw with this magic marker of sorts. And then the colorful swirls and butterfly image of her drawing come to life. They pop off the page literally, fill the room, colors swirling everywhere, and this affects an art exhibit. So when a lecturer is giving this tour in an art museum, presumably, telling the students how this art came to be, it changes and turns into this magical 3D butterfly. Then a zoom out reveals, hey, it's another live stream. It's a YouTube live stream that reads, Butterfly Appears in Exhibition. So this was a YouTube live stream of her making something virtual turn real, but it was within the YouTube live stream. So in the virtual world, she added something virtual to what looked like the real world. Lastly, Karina. She is sitting on this ledge by the water in the prettiest pink prom dress, and she gets a text from her eye saying, meet me, and she dives into the water ruining that precious dress that's still upsetting to me. As that lecturer's voice rings out again, existence precedes essence, as she swims down to reach out her hand to her eye who is underwater. Here's a super pivotal scene after that. Back in the lecture hall, the professor says, quote, then let's get to the point now. Eye is formed based on the data we've uploaded. That is, eye are formed into something very much like yourself. One student says, quote, just because it's made of our data doesn't mean it's ourselves. We post photos that we choose what's best on social media, sometimes by using Photoshop. The data can be based on much prettier, better versions of ourselves. The teacher responds, quote, yes, you can say that. Whether we're conscious or not, we may upload data that is different from reality, but eventually we have to face the fact that it is one of myself. Even if we made I, your desire, de, desire, de, desire, de, 
Zaire, he starts malfunctioning, basically. He's a hologram professor, really glitching and stuck on this question. Your desire also plays a role in the process. He finally finishes. And at this point, Giselle's eye is gone. So Giselle's like, whoa, what just happened? Doesn't even have time to process this debate about how much technically your eye is you versus the version of you you want to present to the world on social media. But she's also stuck wondering, why aren't we focusing on the repercussions of this? Not just the good stuff. Because he's glitching. Clearly this tech has issues and now her eye has disappeared. She asks, what if I gets hacked? He doesn't have an answer for that. He just looks concerned. And then the scene changes. You guessed it. Next eye gets hacked. Something seems to have hacked Winter's phone. She winces and takes out her earbuds when there's this piercing sound in them. This black mamba, the villain, who's a literal snake, infiltrates and replaces the butterfly art display in that museum. And throughout Espa's work, you'll see that. And other SMCU artists' work. Butterflies are in scenes as a key symbol of the antithesis of the snake's the black mamba villain. Now the city is in blackout mode. The black mamba is taking over this dark force that seems to have wiped some memories. Because the professor is apologizing to a student now, we see this virtual classroom lesson happening, a different one than what Giselle was in. And he's like, sorry, I didn't give you the assignment. Like, I spaced out for a minute. Here's what it is. And the student interrupts like, hey, yes, you did. Class is over. You finished with no issue. So part of his memory was wiped or something. Or a false memory was implanted in the student. A little less likely, but whatever. What's really interesting to me about that moment is not even so much the forgetfulness and the sinister force that may have forced that forgetfulness, but the fact that the screen reads hologram system on this Zoom meeting of sorts. Why would you use a virtual version of yourself for a remote class? Why would you feel the need to add an extra layer of unreality to a virtual event? Something to think about. When Karina swims back up to the surface after the blackout started, even underwater, she comes back up and there's this really pivotal, notable scene where her camera zooms into her now, fully just black eyes, just all pupils, to reveal a scene happening. Maybe in her head, but again, different layers of reality here, so you never really know. And in this key scene, Karina is wearing this crown on a throne of sorts, big cloud of red smoke behind her, and a woman stands behind her in a matching look, muttering some sort of curse. So Karina does have this wealth and power in this scene, but is still trapped by this woman putting this evil curse on her. And the next time we see her eye, her eye has these black tendrils of smoke around her. So whatever vision Karina had, where that woman muttered evil chants to her, that translated to her eye as well. And she's realizing that it's almost like a voodoo doll, that some of the stuff that happens to her inevitably affects her eye as well. So if she was given this evil curse, evil has spread to her eye too. Then in quite the realistic way, as everyone's freaking out like it's the end of the world, all these panicked citizens are tweeting through it, busy posting about it to social media. As we see that professor's image be replaced with a new evil eye again and again. The final scene features 2D characters, so not the eye in the 4D format, 3D format kind of, 
the AR format that they were in this whole time. Now they are very 2D, comic book-like. And these eyes are debating what to do because they can't sync up with their non-eyes, their, their companions in the real world. So they decide to go to Kwanya, where they will hopefully be able to do that. Unless Black Mamba gets in the way, because we see that the video ends with an image of the Black Mamba surging forward, lunging at the camera. Around this time as well, a separate short video was released on Espa's official YouTube with an interview with Karina talking to I, Karina. They talked about first meeting each other, discovering one another's existence. Karina gives I, Karina some tips on how to look quote-unquote normal, how to use certain facial expressions and body movements to not come across as so robotic. What's most interesting in their conversation is how they talk about how they were both surprised to learn about one another's existence. So it's not like Karina is trying to process, whoa, I just learned I've had this alter ego living in a different dimension the whole time, watching me. But it's also the person in the other dimension was like, wow, I didn't realize this alternate version of me existed too. They surprised each other. And I, Karina, says, quote, I hope this recall time never ends. Recall spelled R-E-K-A-L-L. Could just be a weird typo, but I have a feeling recall there is referring to an actual process, the recall. Feels like a notable word for your dictionary, your SMCU glossary. Espa's debut single and music video was naturally for Black Mamba. And this video featured what would soon be a bunch of hallmarks of Espa and general SMCU content. A blurring of worlds, cartoon elements, 3D emojis, popping up in quote-unquote real life, 2D, 3D, 4D worlds, all merging at unexpected moments. Moments where we see this is layers deep of what's real and what's not. Like at one point one member is seen, and it turns out after the camera zooms out, that one scene you thought was IRL is actually what someone's watching on their phone. Lots of confusion about what's real here. What does real even mean? Some other notable details. Lyrics like talking about going from monochrome to colors. There can't be two, they sing, implying that they have to become one and the same. There's a repeat scene with Karina and the Witch. That scene plays again mid-song here. Lyrics about temptation, Black Mamba representing all this greed that's going to swallow them whole, challenge them. They sing, quote, is me in the mirror you? Is it just a distorted version? There are also subway cars, flower fields, masked backup dancers, and other symbols that will be notable later. It ends with a really interesting symbolic moment. There's this black tar, this black goop, thanks Black Mamba, that is all over the place and in the subway car. But this tar, as it surges upwards and kind of forms the outline of a human body, as it becomes this person that gets up out of the tar, what emerges is replaced with digital screens. So what comes up is not this tar person, but a tar person that is turning into, as they get up, more and more layered icons like like and subscribe buttons that they're made of. Also super notable is that in the corner behind this figure, there are a couple of heart emoji icons, like buttons, but they're broken heart icons. These like buttons show very low like counts, like five likes. Their next single was Next Level, 
which featured the cityscape, some levitating buildings that we later learn are just part of a typical day, a typical sighting around Quania. It's interesting because while the members in Next Level sound very confident and take charge, they also have lyrics saying things like, that's my novice, you lead, we follow, after learning the feelings. Watch me while I make it out. So they're telling someone else to lead, we'll just follow. They're novice, referring to their eyes. And they spell novice N-A-E-V-I-S naturally. They talk about unity being their weapon, which reminds me of the Black Mamba lyrics about there cannot be two. We have to combine and merge ourselves. Or if we keep our virtual and quote-unquote real selves as these dual egos, one has the potential to turn evil and turn on the other part of ourselves which is why they feel the need to become one and bond. They assert in the lyrics, this is the real world, I'm awake. Think what you will about that assertion, though. At one point, all the members glitch and turn into their eyes unexpectedly. That becomes commonplace for them. And this video has this zoom into Karina's eyes again. Not to zoom in to see that evil chant scene but a new one where they're dancing on this rock formation. So then you start thinking, wait, is the rock formation scene all in Karina's head? Just when you think you've got it all straightened out, how many layers deep we are in reality and surreality, something like that happens to throw you off again. And they keep referring to this kind of thing as the hallucination quest. So like the Black Mamba's making them feel crazy, like they're hallucinating. They don't know what's real and what's not. And they think that's part of the Black Mamba's trick, to keep them separate from their eyes, to keep them from trusting and fully becoming one with their eyes. Next video I want to talk about, Savage. There's this ripple effect on this mirage wall when Giselle touches it, and then she sees, looking at her, an evil version of her eye, surrounded by black smoke. Some key lyrics include, you want to break me? Your hallucinations are becoming the reasons to construct you. You shake me up so that I feel ashamed. Cold spectators are collapsed. Deep fake on me to the unprepared stage. Your weakness? Algorithm. I'm locked up in the hallucination frame. My victory? One sink dive? We'll make sure to find your memories. Let's meet surely after the resurrection. They refer to this resurrection, as they call it, a lot. Making me think that it's a it's gonna be a future chapter of this SMCU world where the resurrection day arrives. Kind of like the day of the singularity. There's also this bright pink room, this computer lab office setting of sorts, with butterflies all over the place in there. Naturally, it's like this anti-black mamba room. And just to further confuse you, there are moments where they just smash the camera. Winter does, and glass shatters and rains down. They actually end the song with saying what? That's their last line in the song, which I just thought was funny. Not super deep, but funny that all this happened. And so then the last word in the song is just what? Like, wait, what just happened? Their newest song is a remake of SES's Dreams Come True. Not gonna talk about that today because I'll talk about it more on a future episode. Because I want to talk about it more in the context of just seeing the actual effort that goes into song remakes as opposed to the context of this fictional universe. So... Put a pin in that. A lot more will feel familiar now. If we look at the latest SM Town New Year's show, the teaser posters and videos leading up to the big night. Because it wasn't just a concert. It was also full of short films, some more context and more clarification and more questions. 
all about Quanya. Some things I noticed right away from teaser images and videos included all sorts of symbols from different SM Entertainment artists' work coming back to unite them in this space. Floating buildings, security cameras watching them, cityscape skyscrapers, basketballs, mini clouds floating around, very much like in Exo's Kogo Bop, Ferris wheels like in Kai's video, one Super Junior member wore this bright blue suit that looked just like the one Kuhn from NCT wore in his Dream Chapter Universe video. One building looks like as if a spiral staircase was turned into a full building, which reminded me of NCT Stage Zero video. There's a whale flying through the air, big giant emojis in that world. Roller coasters, like in Red Velvet's Zimzalabim, trains and train tracks. The robot Red Velvet used as their mascot for the Reve Festival eras, where they really, really leaned into the concept of putting on a show, a play of sorts. Key's wearing this Bad Love era look, and Kai is in this Kai era look, self-titled album era look. And remember, that was a key era for both of them, really leaning more into the concept of this alternate reality. In a video titled SMCU The Origin, released before the show, here's what the monologue revealed. Quote, in the beginning, there was Quanya. Beyond that was Cosmo. You've probably heard about such tales, at least once from an old book or a movie, a song, through many creations being the result of our imagination about the universe. You may have come across the word Quanya or Cosmo, like us. Before we begin our story about the new universe, we want to first address certain questions and doubts. Is there anything more to our current knowledge about the universe? Can the birth of the universe be explained only through science and religion? How can we compare the speed of light and sound to each other, but do not mention the five lights and goddesses of sound? A world will travel to outer space with no passport or possessions, supernatural powers, and transcendental beings that are in communion with the gods appear one after the other. If you have ever doubted this world at least once, the place you will experience from now on might present the answer. Since long ago, through dreams and subconsciousness, we have been sending messages about our solidarity. You should now remember everything you have been doubting about. In this space built on data and destiny, you, who is ready to travel, and us, ready to sing, will come together. The story we will share starts from Quanya, where it all began. A lot of interesting things I noticed there, like the image of rockets blasting off, Rockets are a big part of NCT videos. Scenes that look like the setting from Kai's um video. A big green tree that looked a lot like the shape of the EXO origin story tree. Other images shown in rapid succession during that monologue include hands circling a bunch of notes, writing notes on top of notes, very much like NCT sticker promo content. Images of outer space, that stuff is in a bunch of SM artist work. Talking about sending images through this subconscious state made me think, of course, of NCT and all of the content in the films I broke down in the episode of NCT Talk called Universe, shameless plug. Walls of TV screens, we see those all over in SM artists' work. Different artists watching each other make cameos within TV screens. And further indicators of what these SM entertainment artists have in common came from a film they called SM Leader Film. A full moon, planets, the galaxy, the train, in a follow-up video, the flower garden, the phone booth, the desert, balloons, stages. 
there's a lot. And I lay it out more in detail in episodes like the SM Entertainment Universe, which is kind of a precursor for this one, and very much go into it more in the episode called NCT Talk. Universe NCT Talk 12. There are 12 volumes so far, I believe, of NCT Talk. I have three Taemin-specific episodes, one about Kai, one about Shiny, The Empire Strikes Beck is about this a lot. So yeah, I talked a lot about all these little things, tying all these SMCU worlds together. Then the night of the SM Town show, Su Min Lee, CEO of SM Entertainment, dressed up as the official train conductor to tell what he called the Metaversal Origin Story. He was certifying our trip to Kwanya, a place with, quote, no limits on time nor space, where anything can happen. He stamped our passports in this hotel lobby type place, very much reminding me of Red Velvet's Queendom video. He also said, if you're someone like me who already intensely theorizes over the SMCU and all it means, you can call yourself Pink Blood, the collective term for SMCU fans. You are part of the SM family and you are pink blood. That's why the color pink is SM Entertainment's color and just a key color in general. Yeah, remember when I said Espa spent a lot of time in a pink room full of those symbolic butterflies? Keep that in mind. The short films throughout the night showed some really interesting crossovers among the artists. Like Mingho telling this AR device in his car or whatever to call Ningning for him so that she could open the portal. She has the power to do that no one else. There are also some interesting scenes in the short films where we see this gold wing structure form on this archway and it just formed out of the debris. Pieces of debris coming together to form something beautiful. Yuno slips the suitcase over to Mingho. We don't know what's in it, but it seems sus. Different performances throughout the night utilize this superpower element and to that end the SM Town show actually, I think the virtual format worked to their advantage because they could have those special effects without an audience. Like Kai popping from one part of the stage to another throughout his performance, and Key popped from one end to the other of his subway car, which featured a garden and a yellow flower, notable detail. Some things to remember from Shiny's music videos that seem extra relevant now given this bigger story. Remember in Amigo, the scene was black and white with just bursts of color. And similarly, this burst of light swirled around the room in Lucifer. The Ring Ding Dawn video featured this full moon and the members sporting black angel wings. Sherlock is an interesting video. It has this Grand Central Station terminal type location with a compass style symbol on the floor. Very much looks like the SM station where you take the train to Quanya. And another notable symbol is in that video, the flowers, framed on the wall. And they find this case kind of like the ones in Beauty and the Beast, where a rose would be under it, but instead it's jewelry that has been missing. The boys are in this room in Dazzling Girl, where the mirrors throw them off, this hexagon of mirrors, this maze of mirrors they have to look around. In 1000, the members suddenly seem to have the power to move the bus forward. It doesn't need gas. Balls of fire just burst from their palms and seem to energize it. The video for everybody, super critical in hindsight. All these really symbolic moments, like little kids wearing this creepy mask, rows of people in identical creepy masks. The members themselves are just like toys. They have to be plugged in to start moving, and they do kind of mimic wind-up toys with their movements. They stand on this giant chessboard. Or maybe they're just really small. But the size is very Alice in Wonderland-esque. 
size here is disproportionate to what it normally would be. Further absurdities in Married to the Music, members lose eyes, literally, they lose their lips, things fall off, but even after they, you know, get a severed head, they're still singing and dancing. That's another video where they show a full moon, by the way. Tell Me What To Do shows the car in flames, the mirror, other key symbols that keep coming up. The time-space continuum is frozen again and get the treasure, where they further just kind of try to destroy the symbol of wealth as Taman shoots at the chandelier, causes it to fall, glass shards go everywhere. Good Evening has more gardens, more tripods, cameras, makes it all look like a TV set, more frozen in time moments. I Watch You is a shiny video that seems very unassuming, but very much not so in hindsight. When the members look into this magic well that they eventually fall into, and then they fall into this pink world, that well is full of pink water. And then the bright pink room the members dance in shows this montage of 3D, 4D, 2D scenes layered over each other. They entered Kwanye in that video. They also enter outer space, because why not? But then it ends with them falling on a mattress, kind of alludes to this question again of, hey, what was just a dream right now, and what just actually happened? That happens again with our page when Key is using this VR headset. Their promo pictures for the Don't Call Me era have a lot of these symbols come back. The phone booth, the alien spaceships, diamond rings, fancy dining table, just symbols of an elegant night out of wealth. This classic home with literally a white picket fence, a la NCT-127's fire truck. But very much like, hey, this is just a movie. A message on a billboard in the video says, any resemblance to actual person or event is purely coincidental. Then of course there's the train station in Don't Call Me, this elevator to an underwater world in Atlantis, and then Key on his own had this talk show themed video where he was both the TV viewer and the host of the show, watching himself. Yeah, these are not the same form as the eyes of Espa, these digital versions of themselves. They look just like physical humans, physical twins, but that professor never said your eye cannot be a physical twin of you. Doesn't have to be a 2D cartoonish person. And the fact it can take any form is symbolic. In Taman's solo work, again, I dedicated three episodes to it, so really just gonna quickly gloss over it here, but there are a lot of moments where things are not chronological. Like in Press Your Number, he starts with this car crash aftermath. Then we see the events that led up to the crash. And then later when he released Advice, we see his evil eye, in a way, his evil alter ego, cause the crash. He has symbols like dark wings, flowers, full moon, and there are even dimensions of reality to the ghosts and who's dead or alive. Like in Flame of Love, this ghost leaves Taman's body, walks over to see the car, the aftermath of the car crash, but then another ghost, another spirit jumps out of that one. One version of the move video shows Taman on this throne, and suddenly everyone who's like his suitor is just a glitching circle graphic. No more visible faces. In other videos, he has a snake by him, very notable in light of all the Black Mamba references. He talks about rising from the ashes, and he has a lot of lyrics that, in hindsight, could also be interpreted to relate to the Black Mamba story and Espa songs. Like an idea where he sings about, Finally I opened my eyes, a dangerous dream that swallowed me, perception beyond the limits, your shadow that you finally found, small projection made by reason, 
you grow on instinct, deep dreams, deepening shadow, the more you trap me, I'll go off the rails, shouldn't be caught, it's the kind of thing I've been covering up, a lot of references to feeling worried about being forgotten and contemplating the concept of memories and how much you want to remember and how much you have a conscious choice or not over what you can remember. Which, if you listen to NCT Talk, I believe volume 11, called Vampire or Favorite, is when I break down that philosophizing too. In XO's videos, the most recurring symbols are showing the parallel world, overtly their alter egos, their eyes, who are taking this just physical human form that they go head-to-head -head with a lot, combat. The planets are seen aligning at different points. The planets are on fire a lot. There's a lot of fire. As the members try to figure out how to become conscious actors in their own lives, not passive, because the EXO members basically are these lab rats in early videos like Lucky One, and then they break out of their own mental prisons in a way. Same with the maze they have to get through in videos like Overdose. They're trying to kind of get out of what their eyes have boxed them into. Which in some ways is just what the villains have done to them. But then you remember the eyes are basically them. They've done this to themselves. The butterfly symbol is back and disintegrates when the planets align in the Mama video. So seems like the symbol of peace and prosperity went away with the shifting of the planets. And now they're in trouble. Some really, really notable parts of the Mama monologue include the reference to a red force that created the evil they are facing. Remember that cloud of red smoke behind Karina in that witch? Also the quote about how time is overturned and space turns askew. The space-time continuum was really warped here. And as I talked about in an NCT Talk episode, the universe one, I believe, that's a big no-no. That is why they're still stuck in this mess, is because they keep changing the space-time continuum, and just as a new equilibrium is being set, someone does something to taint one of the worlds. Like when that whistle was brought back from the dream into their daily life after the dream. If you take something out of the dream world, bring it back into your daily life, you just messed everything up, and time and space are back to being discombobulated. And that's the kind of warning the narrator here was getting at, that no one listened to. There's also a snake that shows up in Monster for a second. Just a quick flash of a snake, as well as a burning car, which seem to be notable details just for the SMCU. In the time-space continuum is kind of weird there too, because we see how the dishes break, then the watch goes flying in the air, but then it goes back to being on the table with dishes that are now back in one piece, like nothing happened. The guards in the Exo Monster video it's interesting because one of them turns off the security camera, starts pulling off his helmet, and then the video ends. So it's like someone with a secret identity is turning off the security camera to help them sneak out. And then later, in tempo, Kai and Baekhyun both have moments in that helmet. And at times, you don't know who's in the helmet. It's hard to tell, and that's the point. If this person wearing a helmet is a friend or foe, is it an evil eye, or just the good eye, or just them outside of the eye? But can you really think of it as someone outside of the eye? Because it's just a part of them, so you have to take the good with the bad. Now remember earlier I mentioned Shiny found that precious jewelry? It's back in the For Life video. The latest EXO video was for Don't Fight the Feeling as of recording time. Well, there was just as usual, but that's like a B-side video. Irrelevant to this story, so anyway. With Don't Fight the Feeling, there's this post credit scene that shows a spaceship approaching this big wall of light in outer space. 
Presumably that spaceship was approaching the entrance to Quanya. Just something to think about. The whole funhouse concept of conventional perceptions of space, time, and size are just all thrown out the window. That's a concept leaned into. The surrealism is very heavy in Red Velvet's videos. Like, Queendom starts out where it's below the storm drain of sorts, in the ground. So it's like this underground little world. And a lot of times, like in some shiny videos that I mentioned before, where the object is way bigger than them, or it's they shrunk. We don't know if they're giant or they shrunk. Like the giant bouncing ball that follows their car, an ice cream cake. The fun house they go through in Rookie, which by the way is a video where pink smoke clouds suck them into this closet. They dance in front of this giant TV, or again, they shrunk, and it's just a regular sized TV in Power Up. They're on a giant chessboard too. It keeps happening. In more confusion about what is, which level of this is real, which levels are them acting because they put on a puppet show in one video, they look like clones and robots who popped off a conveyor belt in another. In Psycho, they're all in a setting that looks like a backstage room before a show starts. There's the Hollywood sign in the background of Really Bad Boy, so it's hard to know what is, what is a day on set versus a day in these characters' normal life. What's both revealing and more confusing is a comment Kai made when he was promoting his um era, and he talked about how that video is set in this dystopian place, which implies it's a place set in the future, but Quania is a place set not in the past or the future. It doesn't abide by those rules of time. So maybe he just misspoke, meant to use a different word, but I thought it was notable nonetheless. But he does, his character has in Super M and EXO and his solo work, incorporated these frequent symbols. The glitching in and out of scenes, the pocket watch, trains, masked people, seeing the shadow of himself of sorts that he dances with. He's in that dizzying maze of mirrors room in one video, the chandeliers, the full moon, etc. And his duality is made the most overt by obsession. Where in that video, there's two Kai scene in split screen. One with just regular eyes and one with evil eyes. And one of them ends up looking unconscious later. Like the life was sucked out of that version of him to go to the evil one. Or vice versa. I do find it really interesting too that the same kind of snowy area that Super M was in for Tiger Inside looks like the place Red Velvet were for Bad Boy. Then there's this house Shiny was by in one video that looked a lot like what Red Velvet's Oompa Oompa was filmed in. Obviously, this all could just be the company reusing sets, but I find it more exciting to think of the possibility. And it is possible that they were meant to have deeper meaning, especially the gray sky, floating rock, oceanside area from Taman's Goodbye, NCT's Vampire, EXO stuff, etc. I could go on forever about all these connections, but I'm just going to boil it down now to the big point and what to look out for going forward. So Quanya is ultimately revealed to be the place where you can basically do what you could do in a dream. Meaning you could fly, you can, you can loosen your ties if you get the reference I love you, do anything and be anything outside the confines of space and time. It's a place that is both imaginary and not, because it's a place that makes its visitors question what is real? What do you see as real? What is the real you? What is an act? What is a conscious choice versus a subconscious one? What makes different the you online versus the you in quote-unquote real life? What do you mean by real life? Why are you distinguishing? Can you even distinguish? Is that a false perception? 
How do you reconcile different sides of yourself? And if you can't, maybe a different side of you took the form of the I. Are the I good or evil? And you have to ask yourself, well, they're named I, spelled A-E, but pronounced I, like the letter I, for a reason. Because it makes you stop and think. Because every time you talk about I, even evil I, you're saying I. You're taking ownership of that character unintentionally, but inevitably. So are these characters just a manifestation of your thoughts and feelings for real? If that's the case, are they more real than your real thoughts? In other words, did you take the qualities you don't like and project them onto this evil person that you created in your image? Is this avatar like your scapegoat? If so, that's why villains like Black Mamba are worth fearing, because they are onto that. They see what you're trying to do to disassociate yourself from, to distance yourself from, sins, ills of a personality. If you do that, that's just not embracing who you fully are. And so you're going to get stopped in your tracks, you're going to have these evil obstacles in your way, and it's going to bite you in the butt, basically, if you think you can just get rid of the evil parts and put them somewhere else. They're still a part of you, and you will still have to claim ownership of them and conquer them. So ultimately, Kwanya is where we are a million layers deep in dreams within dreams, movies within TV shows, within video games, within virtual reality headsets, within stage productions, underground worlds. It's a place where the point is, you can be and do anything, and be anywhere. And the bottom line there is that where you are is a state of conscious is a frame of mind. I think maybe it helps a little to remember two things. One is what I talk about in the Taman episodes, about how he intentionally based his videos on Plato's theory of ideas. Plato's theories about what's real and what's not, the allegory of the cave, etc. And it also helps to think about everything I talk about in NCT Talk 12, talking about universe and those teaser videos about Edgar Allan Poe's Dream Within a Dream, what both of those works have in common is a shared recognition of how synthetic life is. The world is really just ideas. Ideas exist, and everything else is imaginary. Not just in Kwanya, everywhere. We decide this object means this. This is defined in this way. This is me. This is not me. This is not who I am. This is who I am. All of these disclaimers and explainers are just manufactured by humans, socially constructed. The world is a social construct. These philosophers argue that once you realize that, you can reclaim your power. So Kwanya is a place where not only can you contemplate what's just a state of mind, what's just a social construct, and therefore can be deconstructed, but then what you can do about that. And that's what we see in some of these videos, especially with EXO and ESPA. They're learning how to define what capabilities they have in the real world as well as superpowers and wield their superpowers to better ends. So getting rid of these evil forces, maybe of their own making, but get rid of them once and for all. Again, I think a super clarifying thing for me to read was both Plato's theories of ideas and how ideas are the only real thing we have. Everything else is just socially constructed, which I talk about in a tame and dedicated episode. And the other super clarifying document, Dream Within a Dream, a poem about the desire to cling to memories and a certain sense of time and the speed of life, which I talk about in NCT Talk. So those are go-to reading for more clarification, but do keep in mind there's no silver bullet here. All of this is meant to stay ambiguous, and that will lead to a lot more exciting developments going forward in this magical world of Kwanya.
This is just my analysis of notable symbols and other details in SM artists' work up until now, and how Espa's origin story explains a lot. So if you have further comments or questions, you can also reply just if you're listening on Spotify. I'm going to try to put up the question feature, so feel free to look for that and share what you think. We will talk about this, of course, more in the future. And in the future, I would also keep your eyes on references to Quanya because in Exos Don't Fight the Feeling and, of course, Espa's work, Quanya keeps getting brought up in the song lyrics. So I feel like it's just going to keep happening more and more overtly. The connections between artists' worlds are going to be clear in their work, I think, going forward. I think at this point, it's like the genie's out of the bottle. And now that we have this established foundation of the SMCU, new questions about it will be explored. The other thing to keep an eye on, besides overt references to Quanya, is Cosmo. Because remember, they're talking about Quanya and Cosmo as separate, and Quanya as step one. So eventually then they surpass that and go to and gain access to Cosmo, K-O-S-M-O. What that entails, I have no idea, but that's a term to keep your eyes on as well. So stay tuned, much more to this story. And again, if you have further comments or questions, let me know. I love talking about this stuff. So hopefully this helped raise some answers and questions. I'm going to review the SM Entertainment New Year's Eve show on a different episode. So stay tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening as always. I will talk to you all again very soon. Bye.